The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use a promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com and download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for your chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. You are listening to your Champions League Futures Preview here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, focusing primarily on the last 16 draw. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Twitter account for BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC, at BetMUFC. To get all my additional content, head over to my website, lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. We have delivered 103 months in a row of Transparent Track Profit. That means I am undefeated every single month for eight and a half years. So if you want to join up to the service and be a part of the journey, get on board for the 104th month. Head over to lockbetting.com. That's where we'll exclusively be covering the African Nations Tournament. But if you want to listen to the African Nations Tournament preview, that is now available on the Soccer Gambling Podcast feed. There is no better time to be a part of lockbetting.com. This is a massive month. We have the end of the NFL season. We are having our strongest season in the NFL of all time with 15 winning weeks out of 18 so far. We're killing it in the NBA every single night. Tennis is back with the first Grand Slam of the year as Novak Djokovic will play in the Australian Open. And of course, we have domestic soccer and we are not too far away from the Champions League resuming. So that's why we are covering it here. We did put this podcast off for a while. I explained why on the African Nations show, but I'll say it again here. It was very difficult to to do it on that particular day because there was a redraw. There was an unbelievable and inexplicable error with the draw, which shouldn't be happening at this kind of level. But there was from UEFA's part. And I had plans to do the podcast immediately after the draw. I then had to crack on with something that day. 
And when I was rescheduling the time to do the podcast, we then got hit with Omicron pretty much the next day. And Premier League games started to get postponed. And I was initially concerned that the Premier League would have a backlog. Then we've seen a massive overreaction to Omicron across Europe with Italy reducing stadiums, uh, stadium capacity. We've seen Germany pretty much eliminate fans from their ground. They're playing games pretty much behind closed doors. We've seen different strategies across Europe in terms of how they're dealing with fans capacity. And that brings up the question, how are these teams going to deal with it if it's still the case when the Champions League resumes? Is it an advantage to play behind closed doors? If you're familiar with it, is it an advantage to have your home fans there at home and then going away to an away ground where there's no supporters, basically neutralising the ground other than the familiarity with the pitch? A lot of questions to be answered. The question to be answered as well is, is this actually going to be a thing? Are they going to still be playing behind closed doors all the way in February when Omicron seems to be evaporating somewhat and infecting less people on a day-to-day basis. I I hate making my my podcasts about COVID. I despise COVID. I'm fucking sick of COVID. I don't want to be talking about it anymore. But you have to look at these things, even in these handicap situations with the EPL teams being the strongest teams in the Champions League and having this possible possible and potential backlog of fixtures when the Champions League resumed. And the other situation with teams across Europe playing in countries where they're not allowing fans into stadiums or reducing and capacities and whatnot and whether that's going to be a factor moving forward. So I'm glad I waited, but I'm glad we've now find, found a good spot to do the show with the Christmas period in the EPL done and a reduction of games this week. We got the African Nations preview out and now we can do this long-awaited Champions League show as well. We'll begin here with looking at the outright winners futures market to start with, where Manchester City are the 11-4 favourites to win. It's 10 to 3 here on Bayern Munich. Don't forget, I liked them at 7 to 1 at the start of the tournament where Manchester City and PSG were battling for favouritism. PSG opened up as a favourites to win the Champions League. They've gone way down. We'll come to them in a minute. Liverpool are up next. They're at 5 to 1. They qualified with a 100% record. The current holders, Chelsea, are at 7 to 1. Paris Saint-Germain have dropped all the way down to 10 to 1. There's almost value on that if you could see any signs of them possibly gelling together and adapting to Pochettino's tactics, but we're not seeing that at the moment. And the next round is coming up very, very soon, and they have a very difficult draw. Ajax are 14 to 1. Man United are at 16 to 1, despite winning the group and having the squad that they have. Real Madrid are at 16 to 1. They will face Paris Saint-Germain in the next round, in the tie of the round. Juve are at 25 to 1. I thought that was a big price, but they've recently lost Chiesa for the season. So for me, they don't have a chance. Atletico Madrid look horrible this season. They're at 40 to 1. And Inter Milan, they're a big dark horse here. They're out at 66 to 1. They are absolutely slaying Serie A. They look like they are going to go champions for the second season in a row. They're going to win back to back Serie A titles. So for me, 66 to 1 is very big on them. And it's 2 to 1, sorry, 200 to 1 or more on everybody else here in the field. Moving on to these round of 16 ties. Now, we're not going to look at the individual games here. All the first legs are set out. I'm looking at this game here between Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid, where PSG are the 10 to 11 favourites to win the home tie on the money line. I'm not going to go into that. There'll be relevant podcasts put out the week of the game. 
In the first podcast, we'll be looking at all of the first legs from the ties on February the 15th and February the 16th. These will be free on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. These won't be over at lockbetting.com. And then there'll be a separate podcast. We'll be looking at all the first legs for February the 22nd and February the 23rd. And then we'll do the same for all the second legs. So we're not going to go into individual matches here. We're here to give an initial reaction to the ties. So the first one is on paper the tie of the round as Paris Saint-Germain take on Real Madrid. PSG were the runners-up in their group with Manchester City and they were the comfortable runners-up. Manchester City were the comfortable winners, should I say. Real Madrid ended up winning a group which featured Inter Milan. Paris Saint-Germain here are the 4-6 to six favourites, minus 150 to go through. And Real Madrid are the 11-10 to 10 underdogs, plus 110. For me, I think the wrong team are favoured here. Now, I understand that Real Madrid will hate seeing Messi back at the Bernabeu. They'll help play, they'll hate playing against Messi again. They hope to have seen the back of him. But it's not the same Messi. This is a Lionel Messi now that drifts into the hole and has to be the supplier for Neymar and Mbappe. If Neymar doesn't make this tie, it'll be um, Mbappe and Icardi. This isn't the same Messi anymore. And he's not playing in a fluid team. This isn't a team that necessarily play around Messi and work hard to have Messi in their team and rely on... The, the rest of the team making sure that they don't concede goals, whereas they need to then on the other side of the pitch create for Messi or give Messi the ball so he can create for himself. This is a team with a plethora of superstars from back to front. However, this is a team that have a plethora of superstars that are not gelling together and have rarely gelled together throughout this season. And they certainly don't seem like they are playing for their manager. Mauricio Pochettino has rarely got things right as the PSG manager. It is looking like a pretty unsuccessful appointment unless he wins the Champions League. Obviously, he's going to win the French League this season, but he didn't win the French League last season. He came in and took over from Thomas Tuchel. And what really would have stung Paris Saint-Germain was the fact that Tuchel got him to the final the year before. They sacked him and then he got another team to the final and won the fucking competition. So that's embarrassing for PSG. And it'll be even more embarrassing now that they have the front line of Neymar and Bappé Mbappe and Messi and haven't been able to play together and will not be able to deliver a Champions League. I believe that Real Madrid can stop them really early here because Real Madrid are one of the most consistent teams in Europe. Yes, this is an aging team and we're looking ahead to the future where in the summer they are going to sign Kylian Mbappe and they may go for Haaland and they may be interested in, in getting Paul Pogba on a free transfer and they may even step up things with their back line and maybe some defenders available that may end up going to, to Real Madrid. This is going to be a strong, strong team. This is going to be a team that are going to be legitimate contenders to win the Champions League this season. They're going to be back. Real Madrid are going to be back. But they could be a dangerous team now, given the consistency that they're showing this season. In Karim Benzema, they have a player that could contend for the Ballon d'Or, could have contended for the last Ballon d'Or, could contend again. He's in the best form of his career. He's been a different player since Cristiano Ronaldo left the club. Instead of be, being the man that does all the work to create the space for Cristiano Ronaldo, now Benzema's doing both. He's still working his ass off and he's the main man scoring the goals for Real Madrid. He's a top, top player. Vinicius Jr. as well. Now, Vinicius Jr. is a player who isn't mentioned in the same breath as Mbappe and Haaland. When we talk about Mbappe and Haaland, 
we're talking about two guys who are touted as the replacements for Ronaldo and Messi. Well, Vinicius Jr. needs to be in the conversation. He has all the talent. He has blistering pace. He's a great finisher. He is a top, top player, and he will be a top, top player for years to come. And he already plays for Real Madrid. If you add Mbappe to this team, this team are going to be absolutely devastating. If you add Haaland as the replacement, the long-term replacement for Karim Benzema, then they could once again win a whole load of Champions Leagues like they have done previously. In the midfield, yes, they do have an ageing midfield, but look how solid it is. You've got a Ballon d'Or winner there in Luka Modric. Tony Cruz is still a top, top player. And then you have Casemiro as well, who's one of the top holding midfielders in the world. Militao has settled in at centre-back. So has David Alaba since coming across from Bayern Munich. Out wide, the fullbacks don't have the familiarity that they previously had. However, when you're looking at the likes of Vasquez and Carvajal and Mendy and Marcelo, these are still all top fullbacks. Thibaut Courtois is in goal. He's unquestionably established himself as one of the top goalkeepers in the world. And then on the bench, you have Nacho, Eden Hazard, Marcelo, who I just mentioned, Valverde, Celebos, Isco, um, Camavinga, who just signed for Real Madrid this season, Asensio. This is a strong, strong team still. And I just think their form and fluidity is better than what Paris Saint-Germain bring to the table. So right off the bat here, I'm picking an underdog with Real Madrid. They look like they're going to be the La Liga champions. They're five, point clear, five points clear at the top. They won 15 games out of 21 so far with four draws and just two defeats. And one of those defeats was off the back of the, the winter break where they put in a poor, poor performance against Getafe. Other than that, they've lost just one game so far in La Liga and they had one poor defeat in the Champions League. This team are a team who can fall asleep. So I think there's a possibility that they overlook opponents, but they certainly don't overlook opponents like Paris Saint-Germain. This is an opportunity for them to step up to the plate and say, yes, you can talk about the likes of Spanish, other Spanish teams being out of the equation and no longer being contenders for the Champions League when you're talking about how far Barcelona have fallen and Atletico Madrid don't look like the contenders either this season. But they can say, we are Real Madrid, we are still solid contenders and we are back and we are back in even before we sign a whole host of players next summer. I think it's inevitable that this team will win the Champions League in the next five years with the players that they've got coming in. But it's not beyond the realm of possibility that they could do it now. And it's definitely not beyond the realm of possibility that they could knock out the pre-season favourites Paris Saint-Germain here at this stage. Moving on from that tie, we have Sporting Lisbon versus Manchester City. This is a tie that isn't really worth going into detail about. Once they play the first and second legs, we'll try and find bets for it. But at this point in time, Sporting Lisbon are 7-1 to qualify and Manchester City are 1-14, to minus 1,400. So that looks like a foregone conclusion. I think it will be an absolute disaster for Manchester City season, even if they do win the EPL title once again, if they are eliminated in the Champions League by Sporting Lisbon. Don't make no mistake about it. This is the priority for the Manchester City owners. Up next, we move down to Inter Milan versus Liverpool. This is a tie where I do think Liverpool will go through, but I don't think Liverpool are a 1-5, to five, minus 500 favourite here against a team who are absolutely romping it in Italy. Inter Milan are the underdogs here at 10-3. to three. I think there's definite value on Inter Milan. If they can get a win... 
in the first leg. And bearing in mind, Liverpool's players will be coming back from the African nations at different times. And Liverpool could be going into this game on a patchy run of form because we don't know what Liverpool's EPL results are going to be like. So Liverpool could lose a lot of the a lot of the fluid, fluidity without the likes of Cater, Mane and Salah in their side. So I don't think Liverpool are going to fall to pieces in the EPL. I've looked at their running and it isn't particularly difficult, but they may not be coming into this with a consistent run of form. Now saying that, I do think that Liverpool will drop out of the title race. And if they do manage to navigate this tie against Inter Milan, they're going to be a very, very dangerous team in the Champions League, particularly because they seemingly are unbeatable in Europe when it comes to playing at Anfield. So I do think Liverpool will qualify, but there is significant value here on a very, very good team who are very, very confident and are winning their league, a difficult league, very, very easily. So Inter Milan are definitely a live dog. But I do lean with Liverpool there overall. Salzburg versus Bayern Munich falls into the same category as the Manchester City game, with Salzburg as the 7-1 underdogs again, and Bayern Munich at minus 1,400, 1-14. I think that's a foregone conclusion as well. Bayern Munich being 7-1 at the start of the tournament, I think was a big mistake by the bookies, but I'm sure they took plenty of money on Paris Saint-Germain because people were roped into the fact that Messi, Neymar and Mbappe would be working together, not knowing that they would be not pressing for the ball, not working hard for each other and essentially giving the other seven outfield players a ton of work to do based on the fact that those three were going to be on the pitch. The holders Chelsea take on Lille. That was a little bit of a dream draw. And I'm surprised to see Chelsea here at one to four. I thought they would be bigger, more along the lines of what Manchester City and Bayern were, or at least a little bit closer, maybe one to eight. So I think there's value on them here at one to four minus 400 as a parlay piece. Lille are at three to one. They are poor French champions. I am very surprised that they've made it to this stage. I'm surprised they got out of a got out of the group that they were in. And Sevilla have been knocked out and are not in the Champions League any longer. But I think Lille's competition ends here. And I would be looking to parlay Chelsea with something. Villarreal take on Juventus. Juventus are only the one to two favourites with Villarreal here at seven to four. Again, I think there's value on Juve. Juve were dis- have been disappointing in this competition, frankly, even with Cristiano Ronaldo. And they, they blame Ronaldo for a lot of their problems. Well, if you're going to blame Ronaldo and, said he stopped, and say he stopped you being a team, you need to respond the following season. You also have Allegri back, who's one of your greatest managers ever. And you've not delivered this season. It's looking like real uh, Juventus's best route back into the Champions League, maybe to actually win the Champions League, unless there's a huge drop-off from one of the teams in the top four. Currently, they significantly tail Atalanta, AC Milan, Inter Milan and Napoli in Serie A. So it's looking like they're going to need a little bit of a miracle even to get back into the Champions League next season. So that's going to be a monumental disappointment for Juve. I do think they'll qualify from this tie. I'm not convinced by Villarreal. Villarreal did turn it on and get themselves a shocking win against Atalanta in the final group game. But ultimately, I do think there's value on Juve to qualify here from this tie. And I think they'll go all in with it as well. These players are still decent players, but they under the 
delivered this season. A lot of the pressure will fall on the shoulders of Dybala now. Chiesa won't be there, so Dybala will be the main creative player. And for a lot of years, they're saying that Ronaldo coming in stifled the career of Dybala, stifled the progress of Dybala. Well, Dybala needs to step up. He needs to either guide this team back into the Champions League. They need to go on a monster run in Serie A and hope that Napoli into AC or Atalanta collapse. Or they need to do the unthinkable and that's win the Champions League. I don't think they're going to do either, but it would be good to see Dybala shine and it would be good to see them advance past this group game. Up next, we look at Manchester United versus Atletico. You've really, you've rarely heard me talk about Man United as of late, if you only listen to the EPL show. But uh, I'm now talking about Man United exclusively on Bet MUFC. But we'll talk about them here, where they are the 4-6 to six minus 150 favourites to advance against Atletico Madrid, who are available here at 5-4. to four. I'm not just saying this as a United fan, but I genuinely think that we'll go through here in this tie. Ronaldo has saved his best performances for the Champions League. We seem to play a little bit better in the Champions League because it's not as intense as the Premier League. So the slow and rigid kind of way that Man United are playing kind of suits European football a little bit better. But I think when we come up against a genuine side in this tournament against a maybe a, either a PSG or Real Madrid, um, a Liverpool even, who smashed us already 5-0 this season, a Bayern, a Manchester City, that'll be the end of Manchester United. I don't think it's going to be against an Atletico Madrid team coming from a week in the Liga who have been pretty poor this season. Their main strength was the defence. They can no longer rely on that defence anymore. And I think Manchester United can capitalise, especially if they come away with a positive result from the Wanda in the first leg. And I think there's value on United to, to progress there at 46 minus 150. And a final tie here is Benfica against Ajax. Ajax are loved here by the books at 1-4. to four. It's 3-1 to one on Benfica. I don't think Ajax are going to get eliminated. I just think they're getting a little bit too much respect. I think Den Haag has done a really good job here with these players. But when you look at Ajax, the top goal scorer is Sebastian Haller. That's a player that failed at West Ham. But yet he's at Ajax as a top scorer, scoring 22 goals in 24 games this season. He's currently away at the African Nations Tournament. The advantage that Ajax have, like some other teams here, is that they look like they're going to comfortably win their domestic title. And as we move forward with the Champions League, that's going to be a big, big advantage. So whereas we've talked down the chances of Paris Saint-Germain, they do look like they're comfortably winning this, this league. At the moment, Manchester City looked like comfortable winners of the EPL. That looked like it was going to be a very, very competitive race. When you look at a team like Liverpool, if they're out of the title race, but they're comfortably in the top four, if they're not going to get caught by a Man United, Tottenham or an Arsenal, do they need to prioritise the league anymore? Borussia Dortmund don't seem to be providing a challenge to Bayern Munich. Chelsea in the same situation as Liverpool. So there's lots of things to look at here as we move forward with the Champions League. As always, it's going to be a very, very interesting competition. And as always, it will be covered here throughout on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. So that conclude your preview of the Champions League. We will quickly touch on these Europa League futures, as I said I would do, with the eliminated Champions League teams dropping in. Borussia Dortmund are one of those teams and they are the 11-2 favourites to win it. Sevilla also dropped in there at 7-1. Barcelona also dropped in there at 8-1. Atalanta dropped in there at 9-1. Leipzig dropped in there at 10-1. Napoli at 11-1. That's the first team 
in the market. Fifth team down that didn't come in from the Champions League. West Hammer at 12 to 1. It's 14 to 1 on Leon. 20 to 1 by Leverkusen. 20 to 1 Porto. 20 to 25 to 1 Betis. 25 to 1 Lazio. 25 to 1 Monaco. And everybody else is bigger than 33 to 1. So. It's interesting, the format of the Europa League this season. I think it's much, much better. All of the group winners ended up going straight through to the last 16. Now, to play one of those teams in the last 16, you need to win your tie in this bonus round. Now, this round consists of... All the teams that finished third in their Champions League group, they don't need to, they don't immediately get the advantage of going straight through to the same stage as the group winners. And they go up against all of the group runners-up. To me, this is a fascinating concept. It's drawn up some very, very interesting ties. Looking at it here, the tie of the round is obviously Barcelona versus Napoli. Now, everyone's going to jump to the conclusion that Napoli are a big live dog here. Well, the bookies are wise to that. They've priced this up equally. Both teams are 10 to 11, 10 to 11 to qualify. So that shows you how much Barcelona have fallen in that, in the fact, based on the fact that they are equal to Napoli here in terms of who qualifies in this tie. A few years ago when Messi was playing, Barcelona would have been close to minus 400, minus 500 favourites. So one player does make a difference. I do think that Xavi is starting to bring these new young players through. And I think Fernand Torres is going to make a difference as well when he's fit. So I don't think Barcelona are the complete write-off that people think they are. I think they could have done with an easier tie than this as they're getting their act together. And perhaps this comes too soon for them. But Napoli are also in the top four in Italy and they're challenging for the league. How much will they prioritise this? They pick some very strange lineups in the um, in the group stages. So this is a very interesting tie and there could actually be some value on Barcelona. It's not one of my favourite bets of the round at all, but it's just obviously the most interesting game to look at here as it is the tie of the round. Dortmund versus Rangers sees Dortmund as the one to four favourites. I'd be very surprised if Dortmund were eliminated by Rangers. Looking further down, we have Porto taking on Lazio, where Lazio are the favourites. Given Porto's European pedigree, I think that there could be a surprise winner in that tie. Porto are very, very good at home in Europe, and I think they are good enough to knock Lazio out of this competition. Another tie that looks finely balanced is Leipzig versus Real Sociedad. Now, Sociedad are a team who are on the edge of a Champions League place in Spain. I don't think they are quite a Champions League team for me. Leipzig, they're a team who I said at the start of the season would struggle to get back into the Champions League. They sold a lot of players. They had a change of manager. He's already been sacked and a new manager's coming in. So for Leipzig, this is a very, very big competition. And if they do play to the best of their abilities, if the players that have their remaining do click, they should be able to get past Real Sociedad. But these are two teams that are very, very different. Sociedad are very defensively solid and Leipzig are a very attack-minded team. So this is going to be a very, very interesting tie. Much like the Champions League, the Europa League is going to be a very interesting competition this season and the Europa League will be exclusively covered over at lockbetting.com. That's it for me and your Champions League Futures Preview. Good luck with all your bets as always and thanks for listening.